Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Forward Curve. Hello and welcome to The Forward Curve, the weekly podcast covering the commodity markets and the global economy, brought to you by Gold Street Advisors, the independent research and advisory firm. In today's episode, we will dig into why China is such a big topic in the commodity markets. I'm Christian Klavodecher, and joining me will be our chief analyst, Robin Barr. So, Robin, let's get into it. Thanks, Christian. So, last week, we talked about the U.S. and the American Jobs Plan. Continuing the geography tour, let's move uh, slightly eastwards or maybe even westwards, depending on where you're uh, listening to this podcast. Um, So when discussing commodity markets and their outlook, it is difficult and often impossible not to mention the C word, and the C word being China. Try discussing commodities at your next dinner or cocktail party and see if you're able to sidestep the issue of China. (laughs) Robin, the likes of you and I can only fantasize that commodity markets are a staple conversation topic at cocktail parties. (laughs) That said, for our commodity curious neophytes out there, what is it about China and the commodity markets? I must move in very mysterious circles because everywhere I go for cocktail parties, it is the C word. But I think it's, Robin, do you want another cocktail? Rather than China. In all seriousness, uh, why China? Well, China accounts for a significant share of global consumption of industrial commodities and also other commodities, soft commodities like soybeans, uh, even live pigs uh, for the pork. With the share over 50% in the case of aluminum, copper, nickel, iron ore and coal. What happens and is going to happen in China is therefore key to pricing trends. Will the current uptrend in metal prices, for example, continue with copper back above the $9,000 per ton or $4 per pound equivalent? You know, is that going to continue? Commodity markets are nervous about China's renewed focus on the current historically high metal prices. Uh, more of that later, and how the authorities may try to tackle that. Right. So although talk of Chinese commodity demand is a pretty common topic, uh, there's been certainly an uptick in the frequency. Why all the all the increased talk recently? Good question. I think it's all about timing. You know, we're currently in the, in the second quarter of the year. That typically, for most years, uh, unless we're in a recession, sees peak seasonal demand for metals at its height. You know, think about industrial activity that gears up ahead of the slower summer months. Think about construction activity globally, but also in China, typically reaches its peak around the next few months, for example. And amid lagging supply, you know, metal prices should be trending higher. And we would expect to see that over the coming months. So that's why. So, uh, well, okay. So, as you mentioned, what is the current state of the metals markets? At present, you know, we're seeing choppy price action with distinct news and flow driving individual metals. And again, China is pretty much the news and flow as we're seeing in copper, as we're seeing in aluminum. You know, so we can't get away from the C word. Investor interest in copper has dropped significantly with a net long position down to 22%. So that's pretty low of open interest from 62% at the end of Feb. 
according to broker reports. The stronger dollar, higher bond yields, combined with the fact that metals have seen impressive gains over the past year. Think about where we were this time a year ago. Copper was probably around the $4,000 per tonne level, so just over two cents per pound. And it's more than double that as we speak. So this is causing some profit taken by investors. Meanwhile, the promise of more infrastructure spending on top of other stimulus, this makes for a still bullish backdrop. Gotcha. Thank you for that. So getting back to China, do they perhaps need to tighten their monetary policy to cool things down? Yeah, maybe so is the thinking. You know, bullish sentiment has certainly been hampered by signs that the Chinese government is looking to quell asset bubbles as it has in the past, and in doing so, tighten monetary policy. The PBOC, People's Bank of China, the central bank uh, over there, has asked its major lenders, the banks, to curtail loan growth for the rest of the year, following a surge in credit in the first quarter of this year. For example, Chinese banks made a record 7.67 trillion RMB or yuan of loans in the first quarter. And this is up 8% year on year. So it's going gangbusters in terms of how much uh, credit is being um, extended. And this has fueled further concerns of weaker demand in China with copper, as we've mentioned, struggling to break higher although it's making a good fist of it uh, right now, amid concerns over reduced stimulus measures in China. Also, Chinese factory gate prices came in at a 4.4% annual rate, nearly a three-year high, and were up sharply from the 1.7% increase seen in Feb. Separately, China's CPI, um, a measure of inflation rose by 0.4% from a year earlier as well. Also edging ahead of forecast. Mm, so I imagine the Chinese officials are rather alarmed by all of this. I guess so, uh, as um, governments elsewhere are alarmed higher inflation down the road. So China will strengthen controls. Their premier, Lee, said at a seminar recently, you know, and this followed a panel discussion, which raised the issue of price pressures stemming from higher commodity prices across the board, whether it's oil, soya beans, pork, copper, for example. Indeed, it was comments by Chinese Vice Premier Han Zheng at the country's Financial Stability Committee recently that higher commodity prices warranted close attention. And this has prompted some selling across commodities in the last few days. As a consequence, China will strengthen controls on raw materials to help limit costs for companies after prices surged in the first quarter and the whole of 2020. Right. And aren't there already signs that China's growth is moderating? Indeed. China's growth is moderating as the focus of the current 14th five-year plan is to emphasize high-quality development rather than the quantity of growth. And this will be supported by innovation and environmental targets. And we're hearing a lot about that in the last few uh, few weeks. Traditional infrastructure, well, that we think will continue to grow, but at a slower pace. Innovation to manufacturing and the so-called new infrastructure uh, or clever infrastructure or green infrastructure, you know, should benefit 
base metals. Therefore, Chinese demand should remain supported as long as the credit expansion lasts. And even then, you know, metals demand could still benefit if only policy modestly tightens. You know, clearly the government doesn't want to kill economic growth by coming down too hard on uh, interest rates and so on. And on the positive note, let's on the, on the positive note, any weakness in China could be mitigated by strong growth in the US as President Biden's proposed infrastructure plan should see demand for industrial metals such as copper, aluminum and nickel rise strongly. So um, maybe some uh, silver linings to the dark, threatening clouds that you know we've been talking about. Something to bear in mind when discussing China's place in world markets is that the outsized role it now plays is due to more than simply its size. It's the combination of its size and the fact that it is still a developing country. Living standards in China still have a very long way to go to catch up to the West. And as their role as a major global consumer has become cemented over the last 30 years, their role as a major geopolitical player has also come to the fore. How these things work together to push China's growth agenda forward and how the world responds will very likely be the main driver of all things commercial and political for decades to come. I want to thank Robin for joining me today, and I also want to thank you for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe to The Forward Curve on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Christian Klavodecher, and on behalf of the Gold Street Advisors team, I thank you for listening. And remember to always keep an eye and ear on the forward curve.